Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, you you just happen to have my very favorite Pixar movie in your screen behind you. God bless you. Yes, Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite uh, uh, villains from The Incredibles. Yes. Uh, right, right, with the Underminer. Uh, it is and, a perfect. Bomb, bomb Voyage. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget that classic? Nothing's worse than an evil mime. <laughs> it is it a perfect movie. It is truly a perfect movie. You oh, caught yeah. me monologuing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he just kept mongling. I'm marveling you around the take over the world. And, uh, yeah. And I noticed behind you, you got a, you got a classic villain. You got uh, uh, Mr. Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff, and I'm not sure if uh, my chair is in the way, but uh, that's Boris Karloff as Captain Hook, who, oh. uh, you know, in the book is just, uh, you know, frankly, he just wants to have a good form. And he had this great education and he knows he's smarter than Peter and, and he has all these things to justify himself. And at, at the very end, that's like his, his one, uh, one thing that he gets on Peter is uh, he, he gets a, a chance in the fight right before he cascades over the side to his death to say bad form because Peter, you know, did something uh, slightly, uh, you know, slightly off in the battle. So he's just obsessed with, you know, I'm, I've got good form. I'm a, you know, I'm, in a way, I'm a good guy, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. Well, no, and Syndrome the same way. He was, he was mistreated by Mr. Incredible in his youth. He was, right. you know, publicly ridiculed. Right. And in turn, it, uh, it you know, sent him down a, a bad path. Uh, yep. And so, yeah, is, is he really to blame? Right. Is Mr. Incredible the bad guy? At this point? I, I sense where this episode's going. <laughs> So, so what are we talking about today? All right. So one of my favorite quotes, and I thought it was mine until I researched it for this episode, which you now I'm terribly depressed, right. uh, is no one is the bad guy in their own movie. I love it. So yeah, no one is the bad guy in their own movie. And, and this, this comes up in, in almost every aspect of my life where when, I, when you're dealing with other carbon-based life forms. Yeah, and they come to find out, right? As I started googling it, uh, you know, thinking about this this episode, uh, I come across George R. R. Martin, uh, who wrote, "Nobody is a villain in their own story," mm. and so that was that was a quote that he had. So, so once again, I'm a person late with my brilliance. <laughs> so, thought I had something here. Apparently, late to the party. So. So yeah, when when he, when when I pitched this to you, right? What was your thought? Well, I I uh, I really think that's true. I mean, I I I often have said this, but you know, we judge ourselves by our intentions, and we judge other people by their their actions and their outcomes. So you know, something something uh, negative happens to me because of something you did, quote unquote, and you're the bad guy. I could never be the bad guy. I mean, I obviously, you know, you know, the reason I cut you off in traffic is because you wouldn't let me over. Uh, you know, the, the reason I yelled at you today was because you made me so mad. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's never my fault. It's gotta be your fault. You're the antagonist. I'm the protagonist. I'm the good guy here. Oh, yeah. And 
so it, yeah, I, I, I totally buy this uh, idea. And, uh, and I can see how just the subtle mindset shift of thinking, hmm, I wonder, maybe I am the bad guy in this situation is, uh, could be a real game changer for people. Well, yeah, as I, as I started thinking about this, right, that was my, that was my final thought as I, as I, as I thought about it. And we'll probably even use this as the recap, but, but yeah, you sit there and think, okay, was I ever the bad guy in someone else's movie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that hurts. That's, Uh, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, man. I, I was that guy. Right. So, so, so yeah, I'm sure in somebody else's movie, I was this, this horrible human being, you know, uh, but I didn't see it, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm not narcissist enough to think that it's never happened. <laughs> you know, right. I'm sure it's happened. And I got a couple examples as I look back at my life, I go, yeah, I was probably that guy. Right. And, and so the, but to, to have that thought, right. To have that realization that, yeah, sometimes it's me and, and it's depressing and scary, but also enlightening. Yeah, I, and and the the blinders being on is I, I think the big part of this that makes this so scary because uh I, you know you and I both work with car dealerships and um, there have been in past years uh, programs that the factory has had that dealers had to sign up for perhaps or felt like they had to sign up for and so I've worked with some stores that didn't really want me there you know they weren't really truly interested in improvement. And uh, one story that was just one of the slimiest I've ever gone into. I remember, you know, having a sort of a meeting about their customer surveys and, you know, how you make sure you, you know, do a good job for the customer so that you can honestly ask for the survey and so on and so forth. And, uh, but, but the dealer interrupted me at one point to sort of chime in his two cents. And I mean, this is like one of the slimiest stores I've ever been to. And he, he completely sincerely I, I believe every, he meant every word he said. He said, yeah, that's right, guys. We don't lie here. That's just not a good way to live your life. We're never going to lie. And, uh, you know, like, like I just had to keep my straight face on and go, oh, he thinks they don't lie here. He really <laughs> thinks they don't lie. Uh, and then you and I were talking about it earlier and you pointed out, you know, well, maybe he lies for good reasons. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's I'm a good businessman and that's why, why I lie. You lying would be bad, but I mean, it's okay if I do it because I'm, you know, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. You lie because you're a liar. I lie because it's good business. Right. I'm a good businessman. Right. But when you think about it, you know, I mean, the, the, the list from history is, is endless, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some bigger, uh, some bigger, you know, uh, examples, you, you know, uh, you think back to, you know, the all-time greatest villain, uh, Hitler. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people see him as a bad guy now. Uh, in oh. his mind, he was saving his people. Yeah, uh, he was ridding Europe of a problem, and and he was truly, uh, you know, at some point, even the second coming. Uh, you know, he yeah. was, he was, you know, he was going to be that that you know that well thought of, and and he was truly the hero in his movie. And, yeah. and from our perspective, not so much. Have you ever yeah. seen uh, that Mitchell and Webb look, the British sketch comedy show? It's like the uh, first, I think it's the first episode. It, it has these two uh, Nazi officers, you know, on the battlefront and they're, they're at camp and they start looking around and one of them says, you know, we have a lot of skull motifs in our decorations. <laughs> and, you know, you start, they start looking around and it's on hats and it's on crests and it's on, you know, flags and, 
one of them leans over to the other and he says, you know, are we the baddies? <laughs> like it had just hit him. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our uniforms are black. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you look at uh, Pablo Escobar, uh, you know, world famous yeah. uh, Colombian drug czar. You know, he, 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 he built. He drug czar, you mean folk hero. Oh, sorry, sorry. Folk hero. My bad. Yeah, because he built hospitals. He built schools. Yeah. Uh, you know, he lifted entire, you know, you know, towns out of poverty. Uh, you know, the guy was amazing. Uh, at the same time, he flooded other countries with drugs and, and was responsible for 4,000 deaths. <laughs> Folk hero? <laughs> Maybe, uh, you know. And then probably the one that really cemented it for me was was uh, uh, his name was was Ariel Castro, and uh, you may recall he was the guy in Cleveland who kidnapped three women and held them in his house for ten years. Oh yeah, just all kept it for ten years. He you know he he, he beat them. He you know just yeah. just unspeakable horrors. Yeah, and I remember they were it was at his sentencing. They you know they let him speak. And the one thing he wanted to talk about, and you can Google it, it's on YouTube, right? The, the one thing he wanted to talk about and set the record straight was he was so upset because the media called him a monster. Mm. And, he, and, and he, he just was adamant, I am not a monster. He says, I'm sick, you know, and I've got, um, you know, in a, a tough time handling my emotions, controlling my emotions, but I'm definitely not a monster. Wow. You know, and, and it's like, you know, he, and you could tell by looking at it, he sincerely believed what he was saying. You know, that I'm not the bad guy here. And, yeah. and so if, if you think if, if it can happen to that level, right. Uh, you know, what chance do, do mere mortals uh, have? Well, and, and you're going back to your very good question, because if he could just stop for a second and not make this about him and mm -hmm. say, have I been the bad guy in somebody else's story, perhaps three women who I've had in my house for a decade, you know, might be an eye opener for him, um, yeah. but refused to see that. Yeah. Just couldn't, yeah. Couldn't see it or refused not to see it. Yeah. And so, and you see it to lesser extents, you, you know, you run in, I, I hear about this all the time, given, given my, my age and the age of the, 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 my friend's parents, where mm -hmm. you have to make tough decisions about the parents, right? Are we going to try and take care of mom? at home or are we going to put her into assisted living or whatever and you know you have one side of the family with you know they're going to get great care and we'll find a great place for them and then and then one of the siblings will stand up and go we'll never put mom in the home no never you know and, and in both cases they're both trying to do what's best by their by their mom uh, they just have different different takes on it and in turn each one is the villain, right? This is right. hard enough without you opposing us, right? Right, and the other one's like, "I'm saving mom from yeah. the tyranny of the other siblings," you know. And it's like, yeah, they have no idea that, that yeah, there, there may be a pretty obvious choice here, but because I hold a different view, yeah. I'm now the savior, the hero, and right. everybody else is the bad guy. And what's funny is both sides could be the villain if they never go visit mom or take care of mom. You know, like we're not going to put her in a home. Uh, sis, she ought to live with you and mm -hmm. and never, never actually go help out. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I do think that um, 
something about that it really resonates with uh, our previous episode and we probably had a link in the show notes about choosing trust you know mm-hmm. that that the idea here is maybe instead of assuming that the other guy is the villain say you know he probably had good intentions you know, in other words reverse what we said at the first where uh you know i'm going to judge myself by my intentions and you by your actions and your outcomes well, maybe I need to start thinking, well, I wonder what his intentions were. I bet it wasn't to, you know, rake me over the coals. I bet that that, that wasn't what they tried, that person tried to do. Um, oh, no, you raise a great point. Um, an interesting example. So, so my wife and I adopted a little girl from China. Yeah. And so, you know, we would take her around because, you know, we were parents. And so <laughs> people, people would come up to us Many, many times this happened. People would come up to us, they'd look at her, they'd look at us, kind of figure out that, okay, she's probably adopted. And then they would ask this question, how much did she cost? (laughs) And and my wife would come unglued, right? She's like flames would shoot out of her eyeballs, right? She's just going to go for their throat. Right. pull their lungs out, wave it like a flag, yeah. do a yeah. little victory dance. However, what we quickly figured out was that's not that what they were asking. Uh-huh. What they're asking is how much does adoption cost? Yeah. And if you stopped and talked to them, they had these wonderful intentions. So they were trying to figure out because somebody in their family was, was trying to adopt. Or somebody at work, they knew somebody at work that couldn't have kids and they were thinking about adoption, but were worried about the financial part of it. And so they were trying to gather information to help somebody. And as soon as you looked at it from that point of view, then you didn't didn't have this instant urge to attack them. Yeah. And isn't that, I mean, again, we just finished up a three-part series on dignity. And, you know, it's easy to see why your wife would assume that that was a direct attack on the worth, you know, the, the, the beyond the, the monetary, the worth of your lovely daughter. And, and actually it was honoring the dignity of somebody else who was trying to do this. And could you help us learn enough so that we can, you know, help them go through it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a big part of this is it, you can't take it personally. Right. The things that happen, you just cannot take them personally. They, there, there might be another reason. Um, oh, yeah. And then yeah, go look I mean, in the mirror. <laughs> and and it, it became so fun, you know, because it happened enough times I actually came up with a response. So, <laughs> you know, it, it had to be you know, what I thought was funny. So they go, well, you know, how much how much did she cost? And I go, well, it's hard to say because I had a coupon. <laughs> and then we... We'd have a good chuckle, and I'd say, "Well, why do you ask?" Yeah, and then they'd share this wonderful story of uh-huh. who they were trying to help, and that. and we were actually able to help a few people. Uh, yeah, you know, navigate the the system and and to make that happen. So so it was it was truly a wonderful thing. It was it was it was just truly the, the an approach that seemed villainous and shallow and mean and and. <laughs> but it wasn't any of those things. Yeah, we we Don't never ex- we never experienced that. I love that. Yeah, it's villainous. I mean, oh, yeah, this is awful what this person has said and done. I, that's, I think that's what we're talking about here. The, yeah, the, the only way, sidebar, the only way that, the only question we got asked that was worse, or maybe the question wasn't <laughs> worse, my response was worse, 
So this older lady, it's just me and my daughter, we're in Walmart and, and she's looking around the toy aisle and, and this lady's watching us and watching us and watching us, right? Almost to the point of uncomfortable. And then finally, you know, she wheels her little cart over and she goes, excuse me. She goes, is the mother Chinese? <laughs> and I, I couldn't help myself. I said, I don't know, ma'am. It was really dark. <laughs> she sucked all the air out of Walmart. Just like, oh, <gasps> <gasps> like, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And then once we got over that, you know, shock, then she followed up with her second question. Well, how much did she cost? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, you know, I thought, well, she's got a new way of entering this conversation that had never dawned on me <laughs> to this point. Yeah. The cost question just seemed irrelevant at that point. Yeah, yeah, seemed like the easier of the two. Yeah. So, yeah, but... But yeah, it goes back to, well, it may go back to what we were talking about in previous day when we talked about empathy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can, I, can I put myself in the other person's shoes? Can I, can I right. truly understand, uh, you know, understand what it is that they're going through that might prompt the behavior that I'm seeing that, that I initially labeled as villainous, right? As, as, and it may not even be that. It may just be, it just, it's resistant. Why are right. they fighting this change, right? They know this is good for the office. This is going to be good for business. Why are they fighting this change? Right. And from their point of view, they may actually see themselves as the heroic one who's saving the rest of the department from a bad decision. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and so trying to put yourselves into that frame of mind, understand exactly where they're coming from, uh, yeah. I, you know, you, you've got a better chance of having a great conversation. Yeah. And, and the reason that you put yourself in their shoes or try to imagine that or gather information, you know, there must be more to the story that I don't understand is because you don't know the whole thing. You, there's no way for you to know the whole thing. And there's that, um, boy, it's a, it's a famous example. And I'm ashamed that I can't remember what book it's from. Uh, but it talks about the, sh the shift of your paradigm because of uh, events like this. And the, the author had sat down at an airport and had brought a, a sleeve of cookies, had, had bought a sleeve of cookies and was going to sit there and, and eat the cookies and um, sat down next to somebody else reading a book and reached over and got her first cookie. I think it was a she. And, and by golly, the guy reading the book grabbed a cookie and ate one. And, you know, just, just she's incensed. You know, how dare him? He didn't even ask or nothing. And so she gets another cookie and he gets another cookie and she gets another cookie and he gets another cookie. They go through the whole sleeve that way, get to the final cookie. He gets the last cookie, breaks it in half and hands her half. And she's, you know, she has no words. She's just nuclear at this point. Gets onto her plane, reaches into her purse, finds her sleeve of cookies. Oops. <laughs> he had been the bad guy. He had been the villain in her mind. Nope. She had just sat down and ate half his cookies. And he was now this, you know, angel, you know, <laughs> what a great guy, you know, he gave her half of the last cookie. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. This guy's, yeah. This is Marion material right here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm not going to order any French fries. I don't want any. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, but I'll eat half of yours. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's a test right there. Is this guy a good husband material? Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's perfect. The, so 
so where do we go with this? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah we usually like to end on, okay, here's three things you can do. Right, right. Well, <laughs> I, I, but, but your question, I, I think your, your question introduced early on is, is a great one. You know, am I the villain in somebody else's story? I, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's good to ask that question um, about any friction that you're having, any conflict that you're having. Uh, I, I think it's also smart to just come at it with the idea that hmm, maybe I'm judging myself by my intentions, but not you. And I need to start finding out your intentions, finding out more to the story mm-hmm. um, instead of um, plowing through with my <laughs> persecution of you as the villain. Yeah. Um, yes. Treating, well, treating you like the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, how am I, how do I treat villains? Poorly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not well so so yeah if i'm gonna treat you like somebody who has a a a different point of view then that's different than treating you as a villain somebody who's purposely you know fighting against me right right and so yeah trying to understand their why and and trying to trying to walk a a mile in their shoes and i i'll throw in a third thing since we want to have three um I don't know how long it's been since you've read the story in the book of Genesis about the Tower of Babel, um, but that is a little bit of uh, what we're talking about today. And in, in, in the story, I, I, I pulled it up on my little Bible app, um, but they they gather in a plane, they figure out how to make bricks, um, all these people, and they say, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And that was the goal. That was the goal. And, and, you know, it sounds really good, right? It sounds really good. But the idea is that in Genesis chapter one, God had already said, look, I want you to have dominion and spread and fill the whole earth. You're supposed to go spread out. And, and frankly, you're supposed to make my name great because I'm God, not your name great. And so, uh, so, so part of the reason for the failure of the Tower of Babel is that they thought it was their story. And, and I would challenge you, I, I get that not everybody's going to have the same faith that I do on this podcast, but hey, what if the whole thing is a paradigm shift? Instead of you being a villain in your own story or not a villain in your own story, what if it's not your story? Imagine the level of humility that you could enter into your uh your day-to-day life uh, without having to see yourself as this, you know, uh, the, the ultimate victim or the ultimate martyr or the ultimate hero. What if, you know, I'll go ahead and say it. What if God's the hero of the story? What if that's where the focus is supposed to be? It's an incredibly freeing way to spend the rest of your energy and behavior during the day, knowing that hmm, the burden's not on me on this one. It might be somewhere else. So that's my third thing that I'll throw into the mix. Not going to apply to everybody, but that's a thought. Yeah. What is it? The yeah, to know that the great play goes on and that I may contribute a part. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So yeah, am I, am I contributing player to a to a bigger story? Yeah. Perfect. And, and making my way through that. Yeah. Love so that. this has been fascinating. I think it's, I've uh, I've learned a lot. Hopefully, our both our viewers have. So <laughs> very excited about that. And, uh, uh, you know, somebody who's truly enlightened <laughs> is, our, is our announcer, Mr. John Wolf. Let's, uh, let's see what he has to say.
<laughs> so go ahead and tweet that. Or share it any other way you want. As always, there are no rights reserved, no trademarks, no copyrights. Share it if you want to. And join us next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius. That's good enough.